Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Veld Beer Show. I'm your host, Jared Veldier, and today with me, I got Jeremy Kosmicki. One, two, one, two, three, go! Hey, 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 fill it up, fill it up, hey, 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 fill it up, fill it up, hey, 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 fill it up, fill it up, hey, 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 fill it up, fill it up, hey, 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 just steps away from where I'm recording this. In fact, I should be hanging out, drinking a beer with Jeremy right now. You, you know, it's, it is like the first super cold day of the season. So maybe uh, I'll just be really soft uh, now that I'm, you know, retired from playing football and just stay indoors where it's nice and heated and not have to venture out into the elements. But Jeremy, thanks for coming on today, man. What a pleasure. I'm happy to, happy to talk to you, uh, a local guy, and, uh, and, and, and I'm a big, a big fan of, of your work and uh, excited to hang out for a little while. Yeah, man. Hey, cheers. I saw you, uh, you, you had one poured there. Uh, so, yeah. so cheers, cheers to whatever's in that glass. And I'll ask just in a second what that is. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I'm rolling with the, uh, the, uh, the classic, uh, OG from, well, not, not quite an OG as some of your guys' beers, but it's, uh, it seems to be my, my go-to these days, as well as, uh, a lot of other, uh, craft beer drinkers. But, uh, what, what's in that glass there? I am enjoying a, uh, Unraveled. Nice. Uh, it's, uh, you know, a little step up from the all day, not quite as sessionable, but I love the, the hop character. Honestly, it's, uh, for me, for an old guy like me, it's kind of it kind of pushes the threshold of, of of my hop enjoyment. I think that hops can actually be overdone a bit, and and some of the IPAs these days are, are really moving in that direction. Like I said, I'm just getting old, uh, but but I really do enjoy the, this beer. Uh, but um, you know, it, it's it's all day, it's all day every day when I'm just uh, you know trying to trying to get by. But this, yeah. this is a special occasion, so I've got I'm here in the embassy of uh, of uh, Founders Brewing Company, and I have some selections on tap behind me here so yeah man that is yeah. quite that, that's quite the setup there I'm, I'm envious of that i think i need to upgrade upgrade my little uh podcast setup here to like get some taps in between the football helmets or something <laughs> there you, you know there you step go. step it up a notch here so what kind of hops are you throwing at unraveled well this gets uh most of my favorites you know we had to get some some mosaic in there it's got some simcoe amarillo all, all your favorite ones there and then a couple of classics too I'm thinking it's got some cascade in there we hit it with a lot it's got some and it's got some cryo in there. I don't know if you heard about cryo yeah. hops. Oh yeah. Um, but it's it's a way to get extra, you know, more aromatics and and those essential oils without all the the, the vegetable material that kind of uh, can create that you know grassy grassy character when you go with a with a heavy hop load like that. So. Yes, that's uh, is that's exactly what I got out of like my first ever like double IPA that I tried to brew. Just threw a. Red- ridiculous amount of hops in the dry yeah. hop and it just it just tasted it tasted like grass like yeah. like like old grass like not because sometimes you know you can have like you know grass sometimes grassy notes you know are, are acceptable and like desired in some beers but definitely not what i was going for in, in that particular beer and yeah. it, like you were saying like cascade and some of those uh you know old school hops man i feel like like there's too many too many people sleeping on those hops these days like they they put such a nice like backbone into hoppy beers you know just so it's not all in your face like tropical fruit it just it lends that like subtle like classic like grapefruit with a little bit of pine in there like just enough to like remind you that this is this is an ipa 
Yeah. Well, there's a reason those hops have been around so long and, and, and are still being used, you know, I mean, when, I, when, when I started uh, brewing, it was, you know, you use cascade in your pale ales and you use centennial in your IPAs. And that was pretty much the extent of your, you know, when you really wanted to feature a hop in, in a beer like that. And then, you know, of course, uh, Amarillo came out. That was the first one that kind of really got me thinking about, wow, there's, 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 there's other hops that are new and, you know, the grapefruit character was, was, was pretty extreme and, you know, and then Simcoe after that and Citra and, and, and here we are where there's uh, some new varieties coming out uh, every year. Or so, and it's, it's pretty fun. It's, it's, it's fun to, to check out these new things, but I always find myself coming back to these classics and uh, at least incorporating them in some way. Um, you know, some of these, some of these new varieties for, uh, they, they are very uh, full of flavor and aromatics, but sometimes that can get a little bit too much. Um, and it's nice to kind of balance it in with, with something a little more uh, you know, stable and, and uh, well-rounded. Yeah, I mean it's all yin and yang, right? It's uh, yeah. you know I, I don't get me wrong, like I, I I love the the new age hazies that are just like hit you in the face with tropical fruit, but then you know it's nice to have something that's you know just classic, refreshing, you know, a little little easier to to get down. Jeremy, when did you start brewing? So let's see. I got a homebrew kit. I was 19 years old because uh, you could buy the things right online and. Uh, so this would have been back in 1994. Bought some some pre-made uh, or pre-assembled recipe kits. So I remember the, the first was an Anchor Porter clone. That was the first homebrew that we did. Um, nice. How did how did it turn out? <laughs> it was great. It was it was so encouraging. I've heard like really bad stories about some you know it not working, and people are like, oh, I can't do this brewing. But we uh, we followed directions, and it came out great. All our friends liked it, and, and it made that's it- a that's a great style to 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 you know try first too like yeah. any home brewers like listening to this or anybody like getting into <laughs> brewing want to give it you know give it a go you know something like a porter or yeah. you know any kind of like darker beer uh-huh. uh is is a nice way to go because you, you can hide behind a, a little more right. and uh and it's funny that you say porter was was uh was your first one that you ever brewed because you know and i don't want to jump to it right away but i mean you guys are brewing a pretty damn good porter <laughs> at <Thank> founders <laughs> it's i think it's uh it's it's almost like my favorite dark horse beer from you guys. And it's not really a dark horse. I mean, you guys won plenty of awards for it, but uh, it's the most it, decorated beer. That's for sure. It, yeah. It and it's for good fun. reason. It's, it's, it's definitely up there with the best porters that I've, I've, you know, ever had. So hats off to you back to your, uh, to your, to your brewing roots. Sorry for, right, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and moral of the story there, don't don't make a, a check Pilsner your first homebrew because it's going to be terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not it's not going to taste like a check Pilsner. <laughs> so, yeah, so homebrewing for, for some years. And, you know, I was, you know, 19, uh, had a little bit of college, kind of gave all that up. I, what I really wanted to be was was a rock and roll guitar player. So it was kind of going down that path, making homebrew for fun because, you know, we 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 liked beer and you know there had there weren't a whole lot of commercial examples out there at the time you know mid 90s but there was enough to really kind of get us interested you know sam adams doing their thing and then sierra uh with the celebration ale every year which was another one of our early early clones was a celebration ale clone i still love that beer to this day it might be one of my favorites uh, and it's it's getting to that season too where celebration oh, comes out, man. Uh, it's always always a good time in the calendar yeah man and of course bells down in kalamazoo had been had been around for a while and i really enjoyed their 
their work. So those were all kind of inspirations. And uh, yeah, I find myself a few years later and, and unemployed, still making rock and roll for fun, but certainly not paying the bills. And uh, so my what my well, my girlfriend at the time, now my wife, she she says, why don't you just go down to Founders and apply and. And, uh, and honestly, I was like, I didn't really like founders at the time. They, the, the beers were, they were fine. They were just kind of boring. And I was, you know, I wanted something more exciting, but you know, I needed it. I needed an opportunity. So went down there, got hired that day to work on the packaging line, putting glass bottles on the conveyor and, and, and then going to the other end and taking them off and putting them in the case box and gluing it. And, and that was my, that was my gig that paid in beer. And I just kept doing stuff around there, trying to, uh, fill up my time and, and, and make a, make a somewhat of a living and it worked and it was it wasn't long before the brewer left and the assistant brewer left and uh and so I just kind of kept doing every job around that place so I became assistant brewer in 2002 took over head brewer in 2005 and it's been a it's been a really wild ride you know we were tiny when we started we probably made 1500 barrels you know when I started there in in, in 2000 you know and we're up you know six almost 600,000 at this point so it's yeah it's it's, it's crazy man I mean you're the brewmaster for one of the largest craft breweries in the world that's got to be a pretty pretty cool feeling yeah, it's awesome. And, and the fact that, you know, I, I've been here so long and I've seen so much change uh, in our company and in the industry, you know, not not all good, but but certainly it's been a, a very re- rewarding uh, experience and you know, just a great place to work. They, they they really have, they care about our, our employees here and they've surrounded me with some brilliant people because I'll be honest, I, I'm, a, I'm a recipe guy. Uh, I'm an artist. I I can uh, I have a good palette. I think that I can design some some good beers. But you know we're to the point now where it's you know it's there's so much going on, so much with, with quality and and with maintenance and just everything about the day to day that that's kind of uh, I don't have to deal with that anymore. And that's for the best. Uh, they let me do what I do well, and then they hire really good people to do that important stuff. Yeah, I, I got to imagine there's got to be some challenges in in that scaling process you know from when you started and you know you, you were just making you know s- you know small amounts of of beer you know annually to you know now in the hundreds of thousands like what's that like like how much do you have to a- adapt to to the growth we did our best to really kind of keep our our process the same uh, as we grew uh, from from small brew house to, to bigger brew house to biggest brew house you know not making that many alterations in 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 the the heart of the process just getting bigger equipment because there's ways to get more complicated and and you know and get more efficient and yes those are goals of ours to 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 you know improve efficiency, but not at the expense of the product that we've all come to know and love. So, and that's always been our, our mantra is to, to keep the beer, make the beer the first priority and, and make sure that tastes right. And, you know, if it's, if it's inefficient, if it takes longer than, uh, uh, it, you know, our competitors, uh, as long as it, it's tasting good, you know, we can take baby steps to try to improve those things, but, but never, never at the expense of the quality and, and, and quality itself, growing our quality team. So, so that our beer is being checked constantly. I mean, every step of the way we're, we're not only doing analytical testing on it, but sensory testing too. We have a, a pretty awesome trained crew of people that taste these things religiously every day and they know exactly what it's supposed to be. 
And if there's ever anything that's uh, not right, uh, the, you know, it raises flags and then we're able to address it before it gets out to market. So I think that's one of the keys to our success is that we've, you know, we start with some good beers we, and we, we, We've developed a reputation where those beers are, are going to be what you expect every time. Um, you know, there, there's variables out there. Craft beer doesn't age very well. It doesn't like to get warm. I'm sorry that, you know, when you find Centennial IPA that's been on the shelf for four months, yeah, it's it's not going to be that great. But, you know, that's that's everybody's problem. I can, I can say that what we're putting out of here is is of the highest quality and, and will last, will hold up as at least as good as, as any of our competitors, too. Yeah, no doubt. What do you guys have going on right now that you're that you're excited about? Well, there's a lot going on. Beer wise, you know, like like what beer? What yeah. beer do you guys have in the works that you're pumped about right now? It's <laughs> that that you that, that you can discuss. I know you got to probably sure, keep sure. some stuff under wraps. You know, being as big as you guys are, you want to you know keep things under wraps until you roll it out. But uh, right, I can't talk about it. So I read it on Facebook. That's the general rule. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're working on some stuff. We're, they, the industry the industry changes pretty rapidly, and for a big brewery like us, it can get a little difficult to. Try to gauge what is what is trend and what is just a fad and what is worth really uh, investing in our time and efforts into. So you know we're a little behind uh, the the hazy IPA trend, which I believe is 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 not a flash in the pan. Although I have to admit, when it first came out, I was like this is not a good idea. Don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was getting crazy. Like right when it first came out, there were people doing some weird things with it. Like people like brewers, like adding flour directly, like to, to the beer. Like yeah. I feel like it's, uh, it's been honed in since, since it, you know, first kind of came out. It has gotten a lot better. And, and, you know, with the, when the way that style started was these, you know, smaller breweries making it and, and then selling it out, the day they package it out of their brew pub and people take it home and they drink it. And that's how those beers should be enjoyed. But that's not how our brewery does business. We, you know, we make it and we ship it across the whole country and sometimes internationally. And, you know, there has to be, it's, it can't be the same product. It has to have some sort of stability. I can't have an inch of, of, of muck in the bottom of the, of the bottles or cans that drop out. That's just not going to be acceptable just to a consumer buying it out in California, you know, two, three months after I make it. So, we have had to do a lot of work and and honestly i've had to unlearn a lot of what i learned over the years to actually keep a a product looking unfinished i'll call it and and keeping uh, that 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 look and that feel it's been quite a challenge you know we we made our we've become quite proud of our ability to make a beautiful crystal clear beer without it whether we don't have a filter this is all through centrification and and you know process aids along the way but yeah so it's 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 a lot different but it's what the industry wants it's what the consumer wants and i've come to realize that there is there is some benefit to to keeping those proteins in suspension uh, giving those hop oils and uh, something to latch onto so they don't uh, dissipate so quickly so there 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 is some there's science behind it it's not just about making it look unfinished like you said like adding flour to it that's not going to do any good for your, for for your product and right. just you're, you're trying to capitalize on a a thing that's cool at the time but the science behind it is, is real and you know if we can come up with something that i'm proud of and we'll we'll stand up out in the market i'm all for it so so i've been kind of working on working working on that line of uh of things like i said not my super favorite style but um the, what we've been what we've been landing on i'm quite i'm quite pleased with yeah what's your favorite style 
I am more of a, you know, anything that's like sessionable. Uh, I'm super into like low ABV and I do like hop forward, but uh, a balance is kind of key for me. You know, I kind of pride myself that most of the things that we make, they can get extreme for sure, but there's always some element of balance to it. You know, whether you're used, whether you're getting crazy with, with a hot bill, have, have some malt character in there to, 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 to balance that out and to make it something that is actually like pleasing to your palate because, you know, there's a difference you can you can shock people with your outrageous hop character, but are you really you know does that, that consumer really want to drink that second uh, helping of it, or or they, are they just shocked and 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 they're going to be like, wow, that's the craziest hoppy thing ever, and they go on untapped and give it a good score, or you know, are you actually going to buy a fifteen pack of it, keep it in your fridge, and and make it a go to? So I think that uh, it can be done. Those are the beers I gravitate towards. So nice. So go into that that lower alcohol like sessionable side i thought it was awesome when you guys brought solid gold to the market yeah. and you know it was kind of how many years has solid gold been out now it's probably been uh, six seven years maybe six years so it was kind of like right it was almost at the beginning of when craft beer was trying to get into that like hey sessionable lager easy going but flavor like it still has that signature craft feel but yeah you can load it up and you can have a 24 pack of it from the store you know throw it in on game you know throw it in a cooler on game day you know crack a few and, and be fine and like that's uh, that's pretty much my go-to like tailgate beer if i like go to someone's house it's like a case of solid gold like you can't go wrong it's so smooth such a good beer and i was so pumped when you guys started you know putting that out in the in the 12 packs and then in the 24 just to you know see like hey like we can compete with you know domestic macro beer and, and and you know do it well and and i think there's been a lot of people who have tried to now kind of follow suit after you guys did that because correct me if i'm wrong but i was there a lot of craft brewers that were you know bringing that that low alcohol sessionable lager to market when you guys did with solid gold i don't think commercially you know most people would keep keep a beer like that on tap at their at their location for the for the people that come in and, and they try to order a bud light and you're like well you know all we have is the beer that we make so i mean that's honestly how solid gold got started too that was uh that's what we lived in our in our tap room under those means but we saw an opportunity to you know get that beer out there and um I think we were we were probably a little over ambitious in the way we launched it with a with a straight to national launch. I think we learned a lot from that where it's probably more effective to start a little smaller and let it grow a little more naturally. But uh, I, I thought it was a really great idea. You know, like you said, you take a tailgate and then, you know, your, your buddies there that are the Bud Light drinkers and you. You, you give them one and they can at least find some uh, some level of comfort with it, some, some some familiarity, but it's also a little bit different. It's got more flavor. It's got um, it, that that craftiness to it. So, you know, kind of a cool gateway opportunity for, for, for those kind of people, but also for, for, for connoisseurs like ourselves. I don't know. That's the kind of beer that I actually find myself gravitating towards uh, more often than, than not these days. And, and was that like modeled after any kind of particular lager style? Not exactly. I was just, what I really wanted to do was, you know, create something that had everything I liked about, uh, you know, I'll, I'll call it macro 
uh, lager and, and and not didn't have the things that I didn't like. So so things that included things that I didn't like were like uh, that that lingering uh, uh, lagery aftertaste can kind of get to me sometimes. You know, a little bit of uh, sometimes they can get a little too too bitter up front, even especially some of the uh, like European examples. And so I really tried to find something. You know, I found a yeast strain that was fairly neutral. Uh, I didn't want a big yeast character. I didn't want a lot of sulfur, just enough to kind of let you know it's that it's that lager. And then in, in true craft spirit, you know, we dry hop the thing. And I think that what one of the things that dry hopping does besides lending amazing aromatic angle is it kind of smooths out that finish. It, it, it takes a, it takes something that kind of uh, can, can leave your tongue astringent and it smooths it over with a kind of an implied sweetness almost. Um, and the hops that we chose is, is a, is a, it's called lemon drop and it's, it is what it says. It's got that bit of citrus character to it. So um, it's 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 not a big dry hop, but by any stretch of the imagination, it's it's a fraction of what we do in an, in an IPA, but just enough to kind of take the edge off and give it another uh, layer of depth of, of aromatics and, and make makes it feel more more craft like. Yeah, I mean it's a super palatable beer. I mean it's you can absolutely crush that one, and uh, and it has great flavor. You know, it's like uh, the ultimate bag of potato chips. It's like you can keep going in; it's still good every time. So well done on that. Thank you, thank you very and, much. Uh, and that's cool. I did, I had I did not know that uh, you guys dry hop that with Eldorado. So lemon drop. Lemon drop, man. Okay. Similar, similar to the Eldorado. Yeah, I don't know why I was. Man, where did I pull that one out of? Uh, I guess they sound no, they don't. They certainly do. uh, no. So yeah, lemon drop, man, that is awesome. And uh, yeah, I actually had there was a. I get this. Uh, have you ever had the uh, the Hoplark tea, like uh, dry hop tea? They're like a company. Yeah. The company out of Colorado, and uh-huh. uh, they had a white tea that was dry hopped with lemon drop, and it's it's really good. Nice, nice, nice and refreshing. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. found uh, that, that that hop, especially in in the dry hop capacity, works. Really nice. Like I said, it's just a just hint of that that's straight up lemon uh, citrusy, which I think is uh, appropriate in, in a style like this. Let's get back to Porter because yeah. I, I want to dive into Porter. I think it's, uh, you know, especially in, you know, the modern craft beer landscape of, you know, lagers and hazies and, you know, everything that's super popular, you know, Porter just kind of like falls by the wayside, but your guys' Porter is exceptional. Like anybody who has not tried Founders Porter needs to try it because it, it's, you know, anyone with the misconception that a dark beer is going to be super bitter, gross, heavy, go try Founders Porter. It's not super smooth. Like it's incredible. Incredibly silky. It's uh, you know, pretty. I think it's 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 fairly light on the palate, really, for for you know a porter. And there's porter's not a, by any means a super heavy style. It doesn't need to be, but just really balanced. Tons of great flavor. And uh, you know, you guys have won a ton of awards for it. And in fact, I uh, I had Noah Bissell from Bissell Brothers on the show a couple weeks ago, and he was drinking a Founders Porter. And yeah, yeah. So. Uh, you know, people in the industry appreciate that as well. When did you guys come up with that? So there was a porter that existed uh, with our original brewer. And then when uh, when uh, a guy named Nate Walser and I took over, Nate was the brewer that took over after the original guy and I was his assistant. We were actually homebrew partners back in the day. And uh, 
came together for this opportunity. And founders kind of flipped us the, 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 the keys to the car and said, man, do, do what you guys got to do and, 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 you know, make, make some tasty stuff. So our first, our first mission was to, you know, kind of fix the IPA, get it up to, you know, what, what we wanted to drink as, as hop connoisseurs. And, and job number two was to fix the porter. And because we didn't actually have a regular stout at the time, the only thing we made, we had an Imperial stout and that was our only dark beer besides this porter. So we kind of wanted to get our money's worth out of this porter. So, you know, we, we bumped up the specialty grain and it's got a lot of, uh, a chocolate malt from, from Simpson's malt house out in uh, the UK, which is one of my favorite monsters, you know, just kind of ramp that recipe up a little bit and, Man, I, that's that's one of the few recipes that I just haven't even had to tweak on over the years. I, I never I never mess with that thing. And I like to tinker on recipes sometimes, mostly due to like, you know, changes in raw materials and whatnot. Um, but I will say that I I don't touch that recipe. And man, it, and like you said, it, it always does well in these uh, in these competitions uh, under the robust porter um, designation. And it just it fits. It, it, it perfectly fits the style description which is how you win medals honestly it's when when you're in these competitions it's not necessarily so much about how amazing your beer tastes but is it does it taste like what the description says it is and man porter just it hits hits all the uh, all the aspects there yeah and it's a it's a it's great porter weather outside right now too. oh I, you know, yeah. it's like- I had one uh, i had one trick-or-treating the other night because it was getting a little cold and i was like you know what i think i'm gonna switch over to porter it's the season yeah, leaves leaves are turning colors. It's time for the darker beers, mm-hmm. and Porter's excellent. And uh, you know, like you mentioned too, with uh, you know some of your beers, you know, even you know going outside the U.S. and other countries, we were uh, on a trip, my wife and I, in 2015, over in Ireland, and uh, it tickled me greatly to see All Day IPA on tap over there. You know, that, that my city of my hometown of Grand Rapids, I was able to travel overseas, you know, so my first trip over to Europe and uh, to see a beer from my hometown on tap was a pretty cool thing. <laughs> I've heard that from a couple of people uh, being in in, uh, in Ireland. I guess they, they love the, uh, the all day there in Ireland. That's that's great. <laughs> yeah. And it fits in good. And it's, you know, the the the, the craft beer scene over, you know, in Europe is you know, it's there, but it's, it's not quite as, you know, robust, you know, commercial, especially in those, you know, when you go to any of like the big tourist destinations, you know, any of those big cities, it's harder to find. So it's cool, yeah. cool to see you guys, you know, you know, creating your footprint over there is, is neat. That's great. I feel like I'd be remiss if we didn't, you know, talk a little bit about KBS or breakfast stout. I mean, those, those are uh, amazing beers. And I, I remember KBS, used to be really it was really hard to get your hands on it it was it was really limited and now you guys are able to to keep that year round which is awesome and if in hey if you want to add a little more warmth on a really cold day kbs <laughs> kbs will help you out with that but i heard you guys have a pretty elaborate barrel program going on right now wow we have so many barrels with with kbs going year round also backwards bastard is now a year-round availability Plus we have, you know, various one-time releases several a year. There's some smaller scale stuff. I'll be honest, I, I, I have a habit of just kind of taking random things and, and filling some barrels and put them away and, and sometimes forgetting about them. But, you know, the, <laughs> we come back to them eventually. But yes, there are a whole lot of barrels around here and, and, and mostly bourbons. But I've also, you know, 
people hit me up with other barrels and sometimes I just got to check them out. We, we've done some rum barrels. We, uh, of course we have a tequila barrel thing going, done some brandy barrels and even tried scotch barrels once. Probably won't do that one again, but, um, <laughs> was that, was that pretty intense? <laughs> Oh my God. It was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, you know, a scotch age, uh, dirty bastard scotch. It would, would yeah. be, that's a no brainer. right? just, it writes itself. Well, these, uh, what well, was it with the, the scotch was art, art, art bag. Anyways, a really smoky scotch and man, it just was over the top. I there was, <laughs> I was thinking of ways that I could salvage this beer and I just couldn't come up with anything. So that, that was a, a casualty of experimentation, but you know, those things happen where we're, we're, we're trying to, you know, stay creative and stay relevant and not get too stuck in our, our ways of, well, here's another stout in a bourbon barrel. Cause as good as those are, you know, the consumers demand more and they want to, they want to find something cool and, you know, back to my point of it's not just about experimentation, but it's also about, um, like I said, finding something that actually is enjoyable to drink. So, yeah. And that's you know. like part of, I feel like that's part of like the fun, like process of barrel aging too, is like, there's so much creativity. Like that's really, it gets really artsy at that point. It's like, you know, you have to, you know, sit on an age. It takes a long time. You just get some really complex flavors that you wouldn't get out of, you know, the beer, uh, without that barrel. And you just, I've, I've had a lot of your guys' barrel-aged beers through the years, and a couple that stick out that the barrel-aged malt liquor was <laughs> that that was really good. And Thank it was you. I was I down at I was down at the tap room, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna give this a go. I think I had already had a couple beers, worked up the confidence to 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 try it, and, uh, and it was it was really good. It was it was nothing like the malt liquor that I had in college. I'll tell you that. Yeah. I can't tell you the uh, the the eye races I got from the uh, you know administrative people when I told them that was gonna be our next barrel-aged beer. They're like, you're gonna what what <laughs> like no 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 trust me it'll be it'll be great yeah <laughs> hey i'm glad they did trust you because it, it, it was great and uh and what what is it the uh underground mount what what is that right the underground mountain underground mountain brown yeah, yeah. that that was killer i love that yeah that was uh sometimes sometimes like i said i put a lot of beers into barrels and that, you know i've tried most of our core brands just to see what happens but that one seemed to just make sense so you know the base beer is the sumatra mountain brown a big imperial brown ale with coffee and i'm like you know that's that's ripe for the barrel too right so you know something stop coffee barrel aged stouts are are one thing and they're awesome kbs obviously but the the nice thing about uh doing a brown ale is that you have a little less malt character or like that burnt uh stout character which which of course is awesome but to to, to use something uh that's a little more uh neutral as a base beer really lets the more nuance with the coffee come through and and the barrel character too itself so that was uh that, that like i said that one seemed to write itself and that was a lot of fun to do yeah and do you guys do you guys do any like r d like and have like a you know i'm, I'm guessing you probably probably do have some kind of a smaller system that you'll tinker and experiment on our smallest system is a 30 barrel brew house so yeah, which still, is still massive still 900 <laughs> gallons at a time so <laughs> it's a good size for our tap room you know our tap room's huge I, you, you've hung out our tap room before yep. it's huge and it's it's an it's an amazing opportunity to you know do r&d and get these beers out there and get some feedback on it and it also uh demands that we you know make a lot of cool beers for it because it's become a bit of a destination spot and and people you know i meet 
people all the time. I'm like, ah, what, 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 brings you to, what brings you to Grand Rapids? Oh, we came here to come to the brewery. I was like, really? You based your trip around that? That's pretty cool. So I don't want to let these people down. They're coming here to find things that they can't get on their shelves back home. And they want, you know, to, 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 to have some variety and something new and something delicious. So the 30 barrel system is actually a pretty good size to satisfy how much beer we go through there. Now there's different beers will, will perform differently. There's some that are just hits. They're going to sell out in a week and some that'll hang around for a couple of months. And, and, and maybe I have to at some point decide that it's time to put the rest of those gigs to past year and get something new on tap because that's a, there's a bit of a balance there too. And of course, you know, the, the pandemic has amplified all that a bit, but you know, we're still, we're still doing it. I, and uh, all that said, I do have in the CapEx uh, plans to get a, a much smaller brew house where uh, I can work through some ideas a lot quicker. We're looking at like a little one barrel system. Basically what that's really going to help me do is to not have to have a home for these beers. Right. When I, when I brew on the 30 barrel, it's like, okay, you're going to put that through the tap room. It's a new idea. Well, shoot, it's not quite what I had in mind. I want to tweak a couple of things, but I don't need another 60 kegs of something that is slightly different from what I just put on the tap room. So what do I do with that beer? I either dump it or I try to mess with it, you know, put some fruit in it or some, some, something to put it through the tap room. That gets a little tedious and, and frustrating. So this new system is going to allow me to work through some ideas a lot quicker. Yeah, I bet that's fun too, you know, just like taking it back to – to, yeah. to your roots, you know, brewing, right. brewing on small systems and yeah, it's basically you know, overgrown homebrew is what it's going to be. It's going to be yeah. nice. Hey, if you, if, if you ever need some help, you know, drinking it or Absolutely. some, some, some uh, really amateur evaluation, you know, I'm, I'm right around the corner. I'm, I'm pretty free during the, are you still, are you back in town? Are you living in Grand Rapids again? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm, yes. uh, I'm back in Grand Rapids full time. I'm, uh, I'm actually, I'm running the, uh, the lunch program over at uh, St. Paul, the apostle elementary school. Oh, I'm, yeah, I, yeah. I'm the lunch lady over there. So yeah. <laughs> doing all the cooking over there and it's great we got uh two kids over there in school and it, it's fun it's a it's a great gig you know it's uh it's got its parallels to, to football a little bit it gets high octane back in the kitchen sometimes but uh you know at the end of the day you know you're just trying to put a smile uh on the kids face and some good food in their stomach so it, it's a good deal that's great what's one thing that you see going on in craft beer right now that you don't really agree with, you know, something that's, you know, kind of caught fire, or just been rolling for a while. And it's just, uh, you know, something that just you don't see really fitting into what Founders does. Well, you know, like I said, I've, I've come to grips a bit with, with the hazy IPAs. We're, uh, we're going to do it or we're going to tastefully do it. Another thing that, that I kind of had to get into was seltzer. It was not without uh, kicking and screaming on my part, but yeah, that was one of those things that was on such fire. We just had to to throw our hat in the ring there. And uh, so right about the time uh, that the pandemic started, it was, I remember last February, uh, March, we started working on it. And, and, it, and it was kind of good timing because there wasn't a whole lot else going on. There wasn't really many people coming to work aside from the production people just doing the production stuff every day. But it gave me and my R&D brewer something to work on. And uh, we learned how to do it. And it wasn't... You know, it's not making beer. It's quite a bit different. We invested in a few pieces of equipment and, you know, uh, 
ultimately landed with something that we are proud of, but I'm a little sad that we had to even, you know, go down that path. I, you know, <laughs> I think that, uh, it's just different these days. You know, when I was, when I started, it was all, you just, you make beers, right. And, and your, your brewmaster, you make beers, you make different styles, you make all kinds of stuff. If it sells, it sells, if it sells a lot, awesome, but it doesn't matter. You have a round portfolio of, of a lot of uh, different options and that's just, that was how it was. And, you know, uh, for better, or for worse, you know, now it's um, while we still try to to have that mentality of, you know, let's have that round portfolio. Let's make different stuff. Let's let's make classics. Let's invent new stuff. Man, the fact of the matter is that a company of our size, the most important thing is making beer that is going to sell and, um, you know, making it worth our, our time and our investment. Because we put a lot into everything all through all the marketing and, 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 and the sales efforts. And we talked about Porter a bit and it's still I, I feel very happy that we even still have a porter at this point you know because it doesn't sell much it's not high volume beer it's it's probably it's probably not even worth our time other than the fact that it's a great beer it's got a lot of fans and it is it, it, it fits nicely into our portfolio but it doesn't you know it's not keeping it it's not paying any bills that's for sure so towing that line of uh, is this even worth it and you know when when i'm inventing always trying to find the in the back of my mind is always, is this going to be the next big thing? Is this, is, is this, is this what it is? Is this, you know, I think after inventing all day, it really raised everyone's expectations around here. And I've said many times, I mean, uh, we can, we can try, but I don't think we're ever going to, we're ever going to hit like that again. But, you know, the, 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 we should, it's still our goal to, to, to try to, you know, make, make uh, uh, great beers, but, uh, hopefully that they they hit and, and and sell a lot of because that's what pays the bills and that's what keeps all of our you know 500 employees employed and and, and that is an important part of things so that's just something i've had to come to grips with our our our, our de- development of new beers is is, is a little more uh intentional we look at consumer research a lot this is what other people are doing and is working for them so we should think about that you know those kind of things are just uh, they annoy me a bit but it's just part of the game you know I, I i long for the olden days when you could just make porters and, and pale ales and, and and see what happens but the, the fact is that we got to sell some beers so i I, re, I respect the that 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 angle and and i'm actually pretty good at taking other people's ideas and you know bringing them to life you know i've been doing this a long time not that i'm out of recipes but you know i've written hundreds and hundreds of, of recipes. So I'm open to other, other ideas for sure. <laughs> nice. I can only imagine, you know, when, when you get to that, you know, top of the mountain, like it, there's, you, you run out of a ton of room to keep climbing. I yeah. mean, you get to just, it's almost, uh, you know, just like incremental, you know, percentages from there, just trying to hone in on those small fractions of percent to, you know, bring it up to, you know, that end goal of a hundred percent, you know, that yeah. we all hope to get to in whatever we're doing, you know, it's for yep. you, it's beer. For me, it was, taco Tuesday today at the school. Uh, so, so I hear you on that. Uh, is there any, you know, this is just pure, pure speculation, you know, in the next five years or even 10 years, like what's like one underdog style of beer that you could see uh, having a run. Wow. Uh, uh, interesting. You say that. So I don't know. I <laughs> tough to, tough to gauge whether, uh, I really think that it's going to happen or I'm just hoping it's going to happen. But in my soul, I really believe that we can, that there will be a return to some more of the classic styles, even if it's still with a with a with an American modern twist on it. I'm a, I'm a, as much as I love hops and IPAs, I'm a little over the 
here's the new IPA thing. So we used to make uh, a pale ale, you know, before all day came around, and even when all day was around, people would ask me a lot, isn't all day just a pale? Well, no, actually it isn't. We have a pale ale, which is much more malt forward and, and it's cascade hops, it's not modern hops, but we sometimes make that beer for our, uh, for our just for our tap room, just for, for fun, because there's people that like to drink it and, it and it's fun. But man, I, I think that American pale ale could have a return at some point as, you know, people, realize that what they really want is uh is something that's you know easy to drink easy on the palate tasty refreshing and i think that the american pale ale uh, uh, fits that bill pretty well and you know it, it makes me sad to see you know uh, the iconic sierra nevada pale ale you know it is almost an afterthought these days and i know hazy little things doing great things for them and 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 keeping 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 those guys moving in, in a fast direction but it's a little sad for me. It's I, I have a lot of ties to that beer. I think it's one of the greatest beers ever made. So I, I would. Like I, I'm, I'm in agreement. I'm in agreement with you on that one. And there's a lot of a lot of other brewers that I've talked to on the show that are in agreement with you know that Sierra Nevada Pale Ale being you know their go-to. There's I, I always finish with kind of that Desert Island Apocalypse beer. What you know yeah. you got one beer. What do you take? And, that one uh, comes up a and lot, Sierra huh? Nevada Pale Ale gets a lot of love, and for good reason. And I agree with what you're saying with with Pale. I would love to see Pale Ale make a comeback because it, if I go out. You know, I want to have a couple beers. It's hard to do that with like a high, high alcohol IPA, even yeah. though, you know, you can get a lot of great flavor and aromatics and all that stuff, but like dial it back down, round it out a little bit. And, uh, and, and it pairs great with food. Yeah. It pairs great with food. It's, it's a, it's a great social beer. I would love to see that as well. That well, even those hazies for me, you know, even if they're not like a really high ABV, they're just, they, they get heavy and they get like exhausting to drink. And I feel like, I, I think there's, I think there is a, a chance for the, for, for something like a pale to make a return. And, and I think part of it has to do with, you know, the, uh, I'll call them the, like, you know, the, the hipster generation or just in general, people that want to buck what's popular. Well, hazies are becoming pretty damn popular. And, yeah. you know, I think that once people realize that that's like mainstream now, uh, they'll look for something else. And yeah, no doubt. To me, the likely thing is to come back in a, in a more you know traditional manner where the, those forgotten styles. So, I would love that. That's my, that's my dream. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hey, I, that's a, that's a good dream, man. I, I I'm, I'm on board with that one. Sweet. And, uh, and that's, that'll take us right into this, man. So it's, it's your, it's your final night on earth. The apocalypse is imminent. You know, you got, you got one beer. It can be as many of that beer as you want. Doesn't matter, but you can only choose one and it cannot be your own. Jeez. Hey, we, we touched on it already, but that, that celebration ale from Sierra Nevada gets me so excited. I think that that has everything I love about balance. Uh, it's it features it features more traditional American hops. I just drink so much of that this time of year, and I'm glad you reminded me because it's it's about this time when I'll start seeing it. I used to buy it just by the case at the grocery store, and I, and I would it would be so sad when I couldn't find them anymore. You know, sometime between Thanksgiving and Christmas, but. I think that I would be super happy going out, crushing on some 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 uh, bottles of Celebration Ale traditionally. But I saw that it's actually coming out in cans this year. So really? I uh -huh. hope 
I, I and it's it's actually such a fitting it's a fitting name for the the apocalypse spirit too. Yeah, you know, celebrate <laughs> celebrate life as we know it. You know, it's a good way to go out. I hope that uh, that Costco brings back the magnums of celebration. Now they had those for for a little while. Oh but I, haven't, I, I haven't seen in the last couple of years. I know I haven't either, but that would be epic. <laughs> yeah, that's like okay, we got we got any kind of holiday party. This is what we're bringing, honey. We're not bringing a bottle of wine. We're bringing a couple magnums. Of, you can't be of, coming of around celebration. Before. Pouring glasses of uh, out of a magnum for all your friends. That's no doubt. It's it's the best. The, the the novelty the novelty alone of a magnum, and then if you can fill it with with something like celebration, it, it's just a it's a great one two punch. Jeremy, I appreciate you doing this, man. Where can uh, where can people follow along with what you're doing and with uh, with what Founders is doing? Well, I mean, we are. Uh foundersbrewing.com I believe and I don't know I'm so bad at this marketing stuff I usually just deflect that to a marketing person <laughs> we're in Grand Rapids I'm here at the brewery most days come down and have a beer with me you especially Jared how come we're not yeah, at, dude, how come I, not doing this in person drinking beers I know man this is this is crap that's that's bull crap on my end man that's, <laughs> that's, that's inexcusable uh, we'll have to we'll have to do episode two episode there season two go. season two I'll be in the uh, in the brew pub so I'll, I'll be there man well, I, I, I appreciate it. it thank you for your time jeremy it was a pleasure chatting thanks jared